Welcome to The Breadwinners, the podcast about the never-ending hustle and its impact on all aspects of our lives. From our financial life, to our relationships, to our kids, to our health, we're interested in what it takes to keep everything going. This podcast is about women, working, money, and family. And in every episode, we will consider the research and share our takes on what we're learning every day about breadwinning. And we'll ask you to share your breadwinning story. Each week, I'm joined by Jennifer Owens. She writes about working, wellness, and women, and founded the Working Mother Research Institute. And I'm joined by Raquel Ellison. She is an executive coach and management consultant who works with companies big and small to design workplace policies that work for all employees. Well, so this week, uh, longtime listener and very often writer, Gail Hogan, my mother, uh, sent in this topic for us to consider, and it's the topic of resilience. And uh, I will say, if there's anyone who defines resilience, it is my mother. Oh, my goodness. The things that she has accomplished with the small amounts that she was given and was able to grow and make it and bounce back and all that. Um, I know she's resilient. And, um, and you know, good times and bad times. Not saying like, you she's like happy every day. But uh, I think it's... but. What is resilience? Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of different theories on, on, or a lot of different definitions, I should say, as to what resilience is. And so um, one of them is the ability to bounce back from adversity, frustration, and misfortune. Uh, one That's her. Of- yep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The developable, developable. Yes, capacity that's her too. <laughs> to rebound or bounce back from adversity, conflict, and failure, or even positive events. That's an interesting take. Um, progress and increased responsibility, um, a stable trajectory of healthy functioning after an adverse event, the capacity of a dynamic system to adapt successfully, which is obviously more than one person. But yeah, I I mean, there's a lot of different ways. It's sort of the the general theme is the same something bad happens and you're able to keep going right and and i i saw one reference talking that um that it's a set of skills that can be and often is learned so i i don't think it's uh, it's, it's not like, you know, is she born with it? Maybe it's Maybelline. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's you figured something out and figured out how to pick yourself up and brush yourself off and go forward. Um, I think we should just keep quoting like eighties. <laughs> like, like, Oh, you're talking to a girl who yeah. sat in the back of a van on the way from Ohio to Pennsylvania once with her best friend and saying plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is now over and over again. And I, now I think that girl's parents, Oh my goodness, we must, I wonder how resilient you are from that experience. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yep. I would not handle that well as a parent. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that I think there's a lot of different ways to do it. I definitely think, we're not born with it. Right. I, I, I mean, I, I think, I think you, you have to kind of go through different experiences and kind of jump from one to the next and keep going. Um, I think that's, I think that's, that's how I understand resilience. I do think that I have seen kids and, you know, in some of the studies that were, that we were looking at in prep for this, 
this interview, um, you know, I think there was, you know, there have been definitely stories that we read about um, kids who were, who were studied in terms of their resilience. Um, There's a guy named Norman Garmezi who met, he's at the University of Minnesota, who met thousands of children in his four decades of research. Um, so one, he mentions this one boy uh, who stuck with him. He was nine with an alcoholic mother and an absent father. And each day he would arrive at school with the same sandwich, which was basically two slices of bread. Um, and he so he would still make sure that no one felt bad for him about those two those two pieces of bread. Um, he was like, I love this sandwich. It's a bread sandwich. So, you know, basically he belonged to this cohort of kids that Garmezi looked at who he would say are succeeding or even excelling in, despite incredibly difficult circumstances. And they had a trait that he defined as resilience. Um, and he would look at, you know, how, you know, were there any children whose backgrounds you know, who seemed like they were likely to become problem kids, quote unquote, but had had a source of pride. Um, and and he was able to find, you know, it was really about adaptation at a very young age. Right. Like, so it was really how can they accept their circumstances and really adapt quickly it is really interesting because it and my mother uh, will have we're going to have our moms on at some point. We are, but, but she also d- did not have all the support and love that she should have had as a child, and ended up putting herself through college, um, marrying, having children, creating a life that was stronger for my brother and myself, uh, having a career and being a professional. Uh, you know that. And so where does that come from if you're not learning it from your parents? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I think I've mentioned her before, but as we're talking about family, my grandmother, my dad's mom, she, you know, her mom came over from the Ukraine on a, you know, into Ellis Island. They had nothing. Her father died. Her brother died. Her mother could literally only, you know, in terms of work that was marketable um, at that time, could only pluck chickens. Um, two of her brothers went, two of her other brothers went to the army. Um, and my grandmother was just kind of like, had to make it work. And so she, you know, she went um, working in the, in a garment, garment, uh, factory kind of thing. And then she moved up and she, she worked for a magazine and then she became the SVP of a real estate, you know, commercial real estate company at the end of her career. But I have got no idea. Too. Good for her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like 1970. Yes. Um, she, she was very prescient. <laughs> when, yes. I mean, I, you know, but I, but I never really, I mean, I've always looked up to her. Um, you know, she was able to buy, she was able to buy a house and a small, you know, at the time for like $5,000, but like she was able to really like make very little mean, like make her family with very little means work um, and to continue to work without, you know, without backing down. I think one of the interesting things about her, um, much like the boy with the bread sandwich is like 
she had the same food. Like she did create certain things every day that to some people might have seemed modest, but you know, she had half a yogurt. She had like X number of grapes. She like, it was literally the same thing. And she was like, this is my favorite thing ever. At no point was she like, I wish I had, you know, an omelet that was really like, I don't know. She she accepted it and she moved on and she just kept, she just kept going. So do we have to be slightly delusional to be, (laughs) to be resilient? And I think the answer might be a little yes. Like, and I'm being silly with delusional, but it is like story framing and and how you're going oh, yeah. to choose to perceive the yeah. situation, right? Yeah. A little filtering. Yeah, there's a I mean, I think there's a lot of filtering. I feel like um I feel like we go through we go through these experiences and we it is it is absolutely about making sense. It might not even be filtering it because I, I don't think we go through, you know, we have a traumatic experience or, you know, a difficult time in our lives and we're like, oh, I totally like this isn't really happening. Like, I'm, I'm <laughs> really happy. You know, big Edie and little Edie in gray gardens, you know, <laughs> yeah. dial it back, dial it back. But yes. Yeah. I mean, right. You have to kind of realistically, realistically take, take, um, you know, take stock of what it, yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think that there's a certain aspect of, or at least in my experience, there's a certain, and I've been talking to other people about this. There's a certain aspect of adversity, um, that is freeing in the sense that, you don't have a ton to lose. Like you're not, you're not afraid yeah. of losing stuff because you've gotten to a point where you feel whether, you know, others would agree or not that you've lost a tremendous amount, um, right. or that you've faced something that, you know, was essentially, was so harrowing that there was no way for you to, you know, to, to get, you know, to, to feel like your life was sort of continuing in the same way, it it was very disruptive. So I think it's this sense, not necessarily this delusion, but this sense that you have to make sense of this. And that sense making may allow you to make choices that propel you forward in a way that you might be more nervous about if, if everything had gone the way it was planned. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I actually think uh I I often think to myself that uh having grown up in in a small town that I wanted to get to the big city like 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 a 1930s movie heroine or something I got to get out to the big city um and you know my my family was disrupted by marriages and divorces and uh the like as stable as we could be but always a little bit of chaos going on and um that I was compelled to all right I'm gonna do this I'm gonna get out of the small town I'm gonna do this and 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 the like and I think my kids have uh like I've known my husband since we were 18 we live in brownstone Brooklyn in beautiful you know New York and and where the numbers are going down thank goodness um and I think, what are you going to be fleeing from? What do you, what do you need to be, what do you need to be resilient about that you don't have AC in your bedroom? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. 
And I, and my story, it's much more, uh, support, uh, well, a 4,000% more supported and loved than my mom's story was. And now, I, I mean, that's, that's the other part of the story of let's try to make it better for each next of our generations, right? Uh, but, does that impact? I guess I'm coming around to the fact of what we make less resilient kids. Should I screw up somehow even more than I already do <laughs> to, to seed some resiliency in these kids? <laughs> you know, I don't, it's, it's interesting. My kids have been through a lot. Uh, and part of my line to them is not my line, but one thing mm-hmm. I try to remind my kids of is, particularly my older kid is like not everybody gets got this you know has to face some of the stuff you've had to face by this age right you know and that's you could see it as god i don't you know how I don't unfair this or, is terrible yeah you, know, you could see as as um you know, Glennon Doyle in her book Untamed is one, I like the phrase, like we can do hard things. Like at some point you're yeah. going to know we can, you can do those hard things. And that is going to be, um, that's going to be your mantra. Like that's going to help you keep going. And I yeah. think, uh, I think that. That knowledge is yeah. so strong. It you is. Know? And I don't think that you. Like, I don't think it stays top of mind once you sort of start to move out of it. So, like, I I don't think it, like, you... You walk around, you're at the grocery store, I can do hard things. I can do hard things. I mean, you have to remind yourself. But I don't think, like, naturally, you're like, I can totally uh, do hard things. I think it's, you know, I think it's this, like, pattern that you develop, um, like, this groove like uh, that it's in your brain that you can follow again if you find it. Right. But like, I think, you know, I think one of the things that I, I feel was an adverse event in my life was falling and breaking my ankle when my daughter was a couple months old um, and not being able to pick her up and having four surgeries and having, you know, having, not being able to go take the subway anywhere for years and whatever when I lived in Brooklyn. And I, I definitely, I started my business at that point um, because I just felt like, what do I have to lose right now? Like, like, let me just go and, and do this. And then, you know, there's been, there's certainly been other hard times, um, that were arguably harder than that over the years. But, you know, I think that there is a pattern that I've like, where I, I can hit the skids pretty hard and (laughs) remind myself that like, yes, like again, that there's nothing left. This will pass. You know, you just have to keep going. And um, I think we've also talked about, Nancy Schlossberg and her 4S theory, where she's looking at, um, you know, the success that we, the success of transition, we're successful in transition if we're able to, um, if we're able to, uh, oh my God, to leverage our assets, um, meaning like play to our strongest suit and minimize mm-hmm. our, our kind of weaknesses or like our, our challenges. And I think, so I think it's, I think, kind of becoming resilient is about figuring out, okay, I did this last time. What were my strongest 
you know, what are my strongest strategies? What, you know, what's my support system like? What is my, how do I see myself? What, what situation is prompting this and looking like, what can I do to make this better? And then remembering, Oh, last time I did it this way. This was like, I relied on my friends a lot. Um, So I think as I've, you know, I think as I've faced different things in my life, one of the things that I've done is like really rely on my support system um, one is laugh about it whenever possible. Um, because what the hell is the point of You laugh like, to keep from crying. I mean, there are why these like tropes are out there. Cause you're, for you sure. know, for sure. it's funny cause it's true. It, it is. I mean, I think, you know, I think that, I think that's just kind of how you're going to do it. And then this extra thing of like, well, can't get much worse than this. So let's keep going. And I don't know. I think, I think that's how some people, some people get through this. I mean, there's, you know, there's theories as we were looking up, uh, as we were looking up, um, this topic and, and, and reading about it. I mean, there's so many different ways in which people look at or researchers look at resilience, right. Um, you know, they look at it through the lens of social work. They look at it um, specifically looking at children and families, um, you know, family resilience, community resilience, organizational resilience, uh, adolescent resilience. Yeah. So I it's think like it's like Greeks and there, there are five loves, you know, there are five versions of love. It's a five versions of resilience. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So there's just all these different theories looking at like how, what is it? And then how, how, when do you see it being strong? And then how do you build it if it's not there? Right. Because if you've never had like true adversity it, and it's your first go round and, and I think of it in, in the small way of uh, this is making me think of, of my conversation with, with Betty Wong Ortiz last week in, mm-hmm. in that uh, when you've been laid off three times, by the third time, it doesn't hurt as much. You know, the systems, you're like, and, and that works here, though sometimes I, th- I would think that the adversities can be different, right? It could be a health one. You had one that was economic and, and it's, um, so that the, the, the brush yourself off, what's your next step could be different tactically, but that maybe mindfully you think, oh, this is adversity. Okay. Got it. You know, yeah. I survived something else before. Yeah. Like it's easier when it's a repeated, when, when it's your, when layoffs are layoffs are layoffs, you know, and, and, and we, we know hopefully like, okay, better get my resume together, but you know, you know, you get used to knowing the steps, but when it's, um, oh, now it's a health problem. Oh, now it's a, um, the a tree fell on, on my parents' deck and tore it out, you know, like that kind of, it could be anything. No, it's true. I mean, what, what strikes me is. So when people, when, do you know, I don't know if you know anyone who kind of like repeat, like who really gets knocked down um, repeatedly when these things happen and, and not that I'm calling on anyone in particular, but like what, so if you are a person who gets knocked down, you know, based on what we've read, based on our personal experience, like what do we think it takes for an adult who's, you know, who's facing this resilience to, to spacing these, this not. Resilience, the other one. Adversity. Adversity. Right. <laughs> to build it like later in life. And I think, you know, I think that's a big 
question. I think that's the, that's, that's the, that's the rub. That's the rub. And, and, exactly. And when, and then, you know, of course, why are we thinking about resilience now? Because we're all trapped in, in a pandemic and there is the trauma that we're seeing with the Black Lives Matter movement. And, you know, that we're realizing the, the power that we have to put ourselves forth and to say no and the change has to happen but that what's the fuel is very traumatic it's traumatic for our friends who have been living these lives it's um so and that is acute i think of it that that is acute the pandemic if you're not actually sick that is acute but i guess maybe it's obtuse it's like never ending yeah it's it's, you got a mix of the now this is happening and the this is never ending I, I guess, I don't know, I, I, if you kind of get what I'm saying, that the, and the resilience maybe has to take different forms. I think, you know, one of the things that struck me recently, um, there was a, um, we've been having a lot of conversations about race at work um, since, since the George Floyd incident, not that we weren't talking about it before, but it's become... Um, very central to what we talk about every day. And we've been talking about diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging for a long time, but, you know, talking about the experience and there actually was um, at my organization, like a spam. No. Like, yeah. mm -hmm. And, and we don't really know where it came from and, but it was, it was upsetting. Not everybody got it. Um, But, you know, but it struck me, I was talking about it with a colleague and, and I said, you know, at this point, sometimes when I see this kind of innocuous, no, sorry, when, when I see this, when I see these horrible events happen, um, not innocuous at all, when I see these horrible and disturbing events happen, what, you know, my first thought is like, is just shock and anger and, um, and sadness and concern and guilt that as a white person, I don't get that. Um, But also this realization that like, this is, this is one of the ones that I know about the amount of microaggressions and, and daily incidents that a person of color um, has to deal with on a daily basis, like small things, like people, you know, like the small questions, people following them in stores. Um, I have a friend who, who worked for a company um, that had, was a retail establishment, went into one of the stores of the retail establishment for which he works no. um, and was tracked down by a security, by one of the staff people, a security person saying like, you know, what are Ugh. you doing in here, sir? And he was like, I'm getting some toilet paper and I work for this company. So my point is, you know, is that, I mean, what an awful way to have to build resilience, to have to just deal with that day in and day out. And then when these big things happen, it's like, well, luckily I have all the tools, you know, like, oh my Lord, you know, like there, there's only so many tools that we should be, have to carry around. Right. Cause It does get heavy. Sure. It's it's very heavy. And we're realizing just how heavy it is for some of our very yeah. good friends, for our communities that surround us, that we we've we've been carrying one or two tools. They've been carrying four thousand tools, you know. 
And yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that's it. That's well, maybe we'll come back. I mean, like we just, I feel like we just cracked open the door and, and, went, and went, Oh my God, there's a whole room behind here. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, I think I no. We definitely we do need. Let's to, keep going. Yeah, that's a Let's, the topic. I think we're gonna we're gonna do on some bonus episodes and um or some additional episodes with our interviews, and then I think we definitely will come back to this one. I was laughing because it's like yeah. On that well, you know, note, you know, I love to end on a downer. <laughs> Well, so let's make that pledge. So we'll say thank you for joining us today on The Breadwinners. Uh, if you uh, are looking for what we were talking about today, the links are in the episode description, wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit us anytime at thebreadwinnerspodcast.com to ask a question, offer feedback, share your story. How are you making it work? What are your resilience tools? We'd love to know. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast and to rate and review it. Let us know what you think about the breadwinners. Help us tell the stories that mean the most to you. And until next week, keep hustling. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.